0: Welcome to the next edition of the Gen X VZ Movie Podcast. I'm Brian, representing Gen X.
1: And I'm Mackenzie, and I'm Gen Z.
0: And we are here today to talk about Maestro, directed by and starring Bradley Cooper, uh, also starring Carey Mulligan, Sarah uh, um, Silverman. So Silverman, and really a stacked cast, I think yeah. is what we talked about with Yeah, this yeah, one. yeah. All right, I'm just going to come out and say it. Uh, I loved this movie. Yeah. This might be my favorite movie of the year.
1: Well, it's funny because you were begging to do this one for weeks. Yes. We've been talking about <laughs> recording this one for weeks, and I just, I for whatever reason, just time, just could not get it together to watch it, but I finally watched it last night, so we're finally doing a podcast episode yes, on it. Yes, and I
0: couldn't be more excited.
1: And I really liked it. It's funny because this is kind of a divisive one amongst people I know. Um, some people really like it, some people really don't, um, so I wasn't really sure what I was gonna think going into it, but I actually really enjoyed it.
0: What are some people's criticisms that you've heard?
1: Um, pacing tends to be people's concern. A lot of people find it kind of surface level. And, listen, a lot of the criticisms I've seen I do think are valid. I think, um, for me, I just, this is a subject matter that I'm interested in because I'm a theater fan and I I like Leonard Bernstein's body of work, so... I didn't have those same complaints, but that was just some of what I saw.
0: Yeah, and I think biopics...
1: They're tough. Well, and I, hard, and I, right? I did... But towards the end, I did find myself thinking, this would have made a really good miniseries. Because there's so much in his life, in his yeah. career, that... Um would have just fleshed it out more, so i mean i I will get on this podcast and humbly implore any filmmakers who are doing biopics of people who have long careers spanning decades and long stories spanning decades, please, for the love of Christ. can we just do <laughs> a, a mini series five page limited or a five Let's episode do a limited five limited series. episode yeah. limited series on h b o that's <laughs> yep. all I ask.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, yeah, I mean, thinking about it, right? Like that would have worked a lot better for Napoleon, mm-hmm. which we kind of had that same complaint about, mm-hmm. right? It just kind of glossed over too much stuff. Um I don't know a ton about Leonard Bernstein. I mean, obviously I know who he was and what he what he did, you know, is you know, West Side Story and Yeah. you know, amongst many others.
1: Well, can I just so one thing that I was thinking about too and um, in one of John Mullaney's comedy specials, I can't remember which one it is off the top of my head. It might be I don't remember which one it is, but he does a bit about his dad like thinking he was gay as a kid, so he comes into his room one day and is like, you know, Leonard Bernstein was a great composer, and sometimes he would be gay. <laughs> And arguably, when he was gay, that's when he did some of his best work. And like that was just what I was thinking about, like the whole time. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, well, yeah, and look, there was a lot of—I uh, don't know if you could call it controversy, but certainly the the whole prosthetic nose things brought some, yeah, unwanted attention to it. Yeah, um,
1: I I was worried it would be distracting.
0: Yeah, I didn't find it to be that
1: I way. did not find it to... It really wasn't that big of a difference. It wasn't even that much different than Bradley Cooper's actual nose. So, like, it, it, there's a lot of ways you can maybe dissect that. Maybe that the nose wasn't necessary, but also that the nose wasn't, like, a caricature. Like, you know what I mean? Like...
0: But you know what I thought they did that was interesting? <coughs> was they started the movie with him older.
1: hmm Oh, that makeup was stellar. That
0: was some... Excellent makeup. Work. That
1: was stellar. And it's
0: probably not going to win an Oscar for makeup. But also, but also... it kind of deserves to at least be yeah. nominated. Just for when they made him look older like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was such an excellent makeup job. Yeah. And so I think that... And look, I don't know how they edited the movie. I don't know if that was always going to be the opening scene of the right. movie. <clears throat> but I think that having all of that makeup on him certainly took away a little bit of the noticeableness, if you will, sure. of, of the nose, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was obviously made up to look like an old man. Uh, and then by the time it cut to him a few scenes later being younger, you, you know, you were kind of over it at that yeah, point, Yeah, right? you're used to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, again, yes, I, I think that you're right. It was a little bit surface level, and there was a little bit of a lack of conflict in it, right? Yeah, Right. Definitely. I mean, a lot of, you know, it's hard to put a person's life into a three-act structure with all mm-hmm. the right motifs and components and all that. And they did bring in a little bit of, you know, sometimes he was gay and his <laughs> wife was usually cool with it, but sometimes not, right? Yeah. I, I think that I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of, like, what kind of conflict that might yeah. have created in in their relationship. But it obviously wasn't enough to ruin the movie for me. I, no. really, I really felt like just the... the um, the overall filmmaking style that they used in it, uh, along with just some really outstanding acting. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest; like some, some I think some underappreciated, what will likely end up being underappreciated sure. acting yeah. when it comes to like award season and all that. And look, only so you know, only one person can win in each category. Uh, I get it, but uh, I, I do, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. But I think Bradley Cooper's performance was. Amazing. And I think Carrie Mulligan's performance. Yeah,
1: she was really was good. Was
0: really, really good. And, and no one's talking about her Mm-mm. in terms of, of award season. I know she was nominated for a Golden Globe, but I was watching that movie and I was thinking to myself, it, it, she needs to get more recognition for this, for this yeah. performance. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I agree. Um, And I think them together, their chemistry was just really good. And I think also, you know, I was saying when Luke and I were watching it last night, was like, I don't feel like the dialogue, like the actual words of the dialogue, there wasn't anything particularly groundbreaking there. There wasn't anything like, you know, that, that stood out other than the way the dialogue overlapped with each other, the way the conversations flowed felt so natural. And so just like, yeah, this is just how people talk. It didn't feel like people reciting dialogue at each other that I really in like in a way that that stood out to me.
0: Isn't that funny? Because we were literally like just talking about a similar thing with Anatomy, with Anatomy of, of a Fall, right? And how it didn't feel like it was characters reciting dialogue as much as it was people just like talking we to just each observing.
1: other. Like, we were just observing. Like, I was sitting there wondering, and a little bit with Anatomy of a Fall as well, but with Maestro in particular, just I was wondering how much of this was like, they were given, you know, a scene and said, just go.
0: It, it, it almost and felt I'm like sure that, there didn't there it, right? I'm sure was, like,
1: I'm sure. I know that there was a screenplay, but that's kind of just how it felt. Right.
0: It didn't feel in like it moment. was written dialogue. It yeah. felt very conversational. Yeah. Really felt like these were people who were having conversations that we just happened to be sitting in on. Mm-hmm. And that nobody wrote it. It was right. actually Yeah, I, I and, and that's look, that's the mark of great writing.
1: No, absolutely. Right? When, yeah.
0: You know, they always say in football. You know the the best offensive linemen are the one you never talk about, right? Because <laughs> if if you're paying attention, then that means they're not doing their job. That's so funny. You know, uh, I think a screenwriter in a lot of ways is very similar to that, right? Where if you're if you're thinking nobody wrote this, yeah, then that means they did some outstanding writing, yeah. Right. So no, for sure, uh, yeah, I think that that so the acting certainly was what drew me in initially. Well, I won't even say that. I think that there were some some really clever. There was some really clever scene building mm-hmm. early in the movie, right? Because it felt like, you know, the scenes that were taking place before a certain year were in black and white, right? Um,
1: and then there's like a sharp pivot to color.
0: There's a sharp pivot to color halfway yeah. through. But then, you know, when he's, you know, when he's living with his friends in that mm-hmm. apartment, and then he's running through the hall into the theater, that felt like it was something that would have been shot in the fifties. Yeah, or late totally. 40s,
1: yeah, right? yeah. I mean, yeah, it yeah.
0: really felt like. They had been to film school and were and were referencing any of these old screwball comedies or whatever. Yeah, movie, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were and they were consciously shooting those scenes that took place in the fifties to feel like they were shot in the fifties. Yeah. And I, I thought, you know, the film nerd in me.
1: Yeah, just eating it up. Really was
0: eating that with a with a big fat spoon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was almost choking on that. I was. That's eating so, it up so funny. Much. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I loved. I mean, we'll get into this a little bit too, but just the, in, particularly early in the film, the, um, homages that it, um, gave to, like, old musicals. Yes. I mean, there was fully just a dream ballet, which I loved. Which you were
0: eating up like. I
1: was yeah. so happy to see it. I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, it's a dream ballet in a, in a modern movie. Um... So like that stuff was really fun and then, of course, like as a as a musical theater nerd, all of the references to like musicals and like directors and composers and like other people who were working in that industry around that time was just like fun little Easter eggs for me
0: sure, and I think that's gotta be something that you would appreciate i mean and i'm I'm not i mean I appreciate musical yeah, yeah, yeah. theater, but I'm not nearly as much into musical theater as you are yeah. Uh, and I still, and, and I didn't get a lot of those Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got some of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure there were way more than I than I picked up on. And I, and I think that that's just, sometimes filmmakers can be too clever by half, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that Bradley Cooper in this, I, I, it, I, it all worked, right? It was, it, it didn't, because it wasn't heavy handed. Right. Right? Because if so, someone like me, who is not into it, it just goes right over, or is not, you know, as learned sure. uh, about musical theater, you know a lot of that stuff just went right over my head. Yeah, but it still didn't detract from the movie. Whereas someone like you, who is into it, totally appreciates that they put that thought into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just it it just adds to the overall totally. enjoyment of the, of the movie. Totally. So yeah, I think it was. Um, I, I'm I'm turning into a really big fan of uh, of Bradley Cooper, and um, you know I loved A Star Is Born. Mm-hmm. And has he directed – this is only the second movie he's directed, right? I think so. Yeah.
1: So
0: I'm going to be really fascinated. and Again, this is another thing we'll talk a little bit more about. We're just kind of giving you the prologue. (laughs) Overview, yeah. um, But I'm really fascinated to see where his career is going to go because I was wondering like it's obviously way too early in his directing career to use a word like auteur. Oh, yeah. And I don't think you would necessarily use it anyway even though – Like, A Star is Born and Maestro are both about musicians or people who are into music uh, or created music of some sort. Mm -hmm. Totally and stylistically, they're vastly different Yeah, totally. Like, you wouldn't necessarily, other than both of them starring Bradley Cooper, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't necessarily watch either one of those, watch both of those movies if you didn't know who directed them and think that they were directed by the same guy.
1: Probably not. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be so honest it's been so long since i've seen a star is born i watched it like three or four times the year it came out and yeah. then never watched that it again be, yeah. Um, yeah. but um but from what i remember yeah i think that's a fair assessment um yeah i mean he clearly has like a kind of character that he's interested in writing about and directing and you know telling stories about but i think yeah so far that's the only kind of thematic theme <laughs>
0: And flawed too, right? Like, Absolutely, like yeah. Geniuses, but flawed.
1: Yeah, yeah, flawed geniuses. Maybe not sure. geniuses.
0: Well, I think you know we could certainly. C-
1: well, Leonard Bernstein, sure.
0: Sure, you know the. Uh, I can't remember the character's name in *A Star Is Born*, but I don't remember either. I mean, certainly like a very talented. Maybe genius is a strong word for that character, but still.
1: Do you want to tell us what it is? I remembered it and then I forgot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's because it's. It's a star is born, and that character has three or four different names in every variation of that movie, and so it's always something yeah. different. Maine. Jackson, Jackson Maine. Maine, there
0: we go. Yes, um, you know, obviously he's like a popular rock star mm-hmm. in that movie who you know has substance abuse problems right. and has problems relating to his upbringing and a complicated relationship with his brother that eventually end up being his undoing. Whereas in Maestro, he's Obviously, a, you know, a musical genius, but can't really decide like what, you know, like, you know, is, you know, is, is he going to be gay or is he not going to be gay? Yeah. Is he going to be married or is he not going to be married? And he's trying to live in both worlds. Is he going to be a
1: composer or a conductor? He's be a
0: composer or a conductor, right? And he's trying to live in all these different worlds rather than <clears throat> just finding wherever he can be comfortable. Yeah. With and in, along the way ends up, you know, inadvertently hurting the people that he loves the right, most. Right, right, right. So I think that that's, um, you know, that's just maybe a, a, um, a thematic trope that he likes to sure. use with these flawed characters and who just happen to be musicians. So. <laughs> um,
1: well,
0: anyway, so I think, again, Maestro, I think, is a movie that we both liked very much. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to take a quick break and we're going to uh, come back in a minute and dive into what we really liked about it. And we are back with more Gen XVZ movie podcast. We are talking about Maestro, Directed by Bradley Cooper, starring Bradley Cooper. Written by Bradley Cooper. <laughs> um,
1: this was a group project that he did all by himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's, So let's talk about Bradley Cooper. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about him in the last segment. Mm-hmm. A, a little bit about Star, A Star is Born and now Maestro. Uh, so he's, uh, you know, Star is Born is nominated for Best Picture. Maestro was nominated for A Golden Globe for Best Drama? Oh, was it? I guess it was drama, right? That's weird. It should have been a musical, or was it a musical? I don't remember. It's not it a really it musical, but it was, yeah. Um, and I suspect it will be one of the ten movies nominated mm-hmm. for Best Picture. So he's clearly figured something out, Yeah. Right? I mean, he's worked with a lot of great directors over the years, right? He worked with Clint Eastwood, and uh, he's worked with. And now they're all... Did he work with Spielberg? I don't know if he worked with Spielberg on anything. Well,
1: Spielberg produced this. He did, um, okay. Because he was... Because I guess... He
0: saw A Star Is Born, right? Well,
1: not only that. So he was supposed to direct Maestro.
0: Spielberg was. Yes.
1: And then he stepped back for Bradley Cooper to do it because I think he saw A Star Is Born. And then was that when Spielberg decided to do... Or started working on West Side Story, maybe? Was there any overlap with that? Around the same time. Okay, yeah. so, okay, so the,
0: Originally
1: it was Scorsese. Oh, yeah, and then... And then
0: it was... Scorsese was going to direct Maestro. Maestro? And then he stepped back to work on The Irishman. The Irishman? The Irishman or, can't be right. Killers of the Flower Moon. Or Killers of the Flower Moon. Moon. No, that's, that's what it
1: says here. Oh, uh, it might have been wow. in development for a long Maybe. time. Maybe,
0: yeah, okay. Then. That, that right. Well, the that's because it was um, originally at Paramount, and this was in 2018. Yeah, okay. So that makes sense. That that's a great lesson in getting movies made, right? I mean, it's an absolute miracle. Yeah. A- anytime a movie gets made, it's a miracle. And, you know, here we are now and you know, this movie came out in twenty twenty three and it was in development in twenty eighteen. At you know, at the very least, it probably was, you know, being worked on to one degree or another for at least a couple of years before that. So these right. things do languish, you know, in studios for a long time. Sometimes they go from one studio studio to another. And yeah, it's it sometimes feels like an act of God that some of these things even get made, even the horrible movies. <laughs> oh my god! But I, I do think that what we're seeing with Bradley Cooper now it's it's a really interesting kind of personal growth. I think of if, yeah. if you think of his career, right? Because I mean, I think you know he was in the Hangover movies which obviously were huge hits. Mm-hmm. He was in a couple of like romantic comedies. Well, like, I was
1: just going through his, all about
0: Steve. And he's
1: just not that into you. Yeah. Um, What hot American summer. Um, so like,
0: so he was like the good-looking guy.
1: In the comedies. In these,
0: in these romantic comedies, yeah.
1: Failure to launch, like, yeah. Yes Man. Yeah. Like, so, Valentine's Day, that. Right, yeah. Yeah, right. like, yeah.
0: And then somewhere along the line, and I don't know where, maybe it was where the star is born. Maybe when uh, he just, No,
1: it was 2012, Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, Silver so Linings Playbook, That was kind Playbook, of when he yes. started working with David O. Russell. Yes. Because then he did um, American Hustle American and Hustle Joy. And, yep. Um, so he did a lot with David O. Russell and Jennifer Lawrence. Right,
0: which I think probably got him yeah. to be taken a little bit more seriously yeah. as an actor. Yeah. There's actually a very funny thing that you can find on YouTube. So in American Hustle, there's that scene where like it looks like he's going to win, and um, Louis C.K. is his boss.
1: Uh, right, And yeah. they have
0: the party, and he comes in, and he's laughing, and Louis C.K. is kind of sitting there mopey. So they, there's an old interview with Louis C.K., and he's talking about inside the actor studio. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you never see anybody, like, going up and saying to Sean Penn, hi, Mr. Penn, I'm so-and-so, and and I really love your work, and can you tell me what you do? And then they cut to Sean Penn on Inside the Actor Studio, and it's Bradley Cooper in the audience saying, hey, Mr. Penn, my name is Bradley Cooper, and I'm an actor.
1: That's hilarious.
0: Right, and then they cut to that scene where he's laughing with –
1: Louis Louis (laughs) C.K.
0: Yeah, oh, my God, it's great. Anyway, find that (laughs) YouTube clip if you can. Um, But, yeah, so – Oh, and you know he was also in um, the movie that came out last year, the um, uh, Licorice Pizza.
1: Oh yeah, right. Oh, and the Nightmare Alley.
0: Nightmare Alley, right? Yeah. So he's definitely. I mean, those were both after A Star Is Born, but yeah, I think the um, the David O. Russell stuff definitely got him out of that romantic sure, comedy yeah. slash comedy realm realm or pigeonhole that he was yeah. in, right? And and yeah, got him to start to get taken a little bit more seriously as an actor, and then he. Got to do a Star is Born, and I was super, super impressed. Yeah, especially with his acting performance in mm-hmm. a Star is Born, and then in this one as Leonard Bernstein, like I remember the thing that impressed me the most when about a Star is Born was how he was able to lower his voice a couple of mm-hmm. octaves and didn't sound like himself really no. at all, right? And he did the same thing here in, in this movie. Like his his vocal voice control,
1: performance, amazing. Was actually unreal yeah it was crazy yeah i mean talk about like a transformative performance yes you know
0: that's exactly what it was yeah and again he's not going to get the credit i don't think that he deserves either either from a directing standpoint or from an acting standpoint yeah you know it's funny because when we were doing our preview for the golden globes i had not yet seen this right i did see it before the golden globes before the golden globes but I remember even predicting at that point. It's like we we're going through, and we're like, "Oh, my show's not going to win anything," you know. I mean, yeah. you know, they'll be there, they'll have their drinks, and they'll have to go home, right? right. <laughs> and um, and I feel we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but I do feel like the, it'll probably be the same thing for the Oscars, mm-hmm. right? I'm I mean, sure it will
1: be. Yeah. Well, and *The Star* is born too. I mean, it won Best Song that year, but it didn't right. win anything else.
0: But that was more of a Lady Gaga award than a
1: exactly than a Bradley right. Cooper yeah, award, like right? It, yeah.
0: And I think that.
1: I th- Listen, I think give Bradley Cooper maybe another movie or two and he might start to get that credit eventually. But this is a sophomore film. It might yeah. take more time. Yeah.
0: Well, and I'm not even talking about the directing at this point so much as the acting. Right? Like, but I think this, th- but this the thing same thing, thing can hand still hand. be
1: true. You yeah. know, I think before A Star Is Born, even for the... Well, I guess he probably was... I think he was nominated for Silver Linings Playbook. But like... He might have been, yeah. So like, kind of maybe give it a little more time. Well,
0: yeah. And like, look... And I'm not saying they're nearly the same actor, right? But
1: and I think it needs to be like right movie, right Oscar season. Does that make sense? Like maybe yes. this movie in a different Oscar season might have been a different story. You know what I maybe, mean? Maybe,
0: yeah, maybe. Uh, you're right. And and I'm uh, just the thought occurred to me just now. I remember like Tom Hanks mm-hmm. early in his career was in movies like. Bachelor Party. Right. And The Man with One Red Shoe.
1: Totally. And
0: Big. Splash, right? Well, but Big, he did get nominated for Best Actor. Did he? He did, oh, yes. I didn't realize
1: that. Never mind. Just- and
0: then, but he didn't win.
1: Okay. He, he,
0: he got his win with Philadelphia. That's right. And that was, at that time the right movie at the right time, yeah. right? And then he followed it up with Forrest Gump the following right, year. Right, then, right, and See, and I now, thought that was the first one. No, he won for Philadelphia. And then so then all of a sudden people are talking about Tom Hanks yeah. as one of the great actors of his generation. And I would be down with that sentiment. I'm totally down with that right, sentiment.
1: Right, yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> and yeah, so it wouldn't surprise me if Bradley Cooper is on a relatively similar mm-hmm. track. I, I don't know that he's... The same actor that Tom Hanks, like as good of an actor as Tom Hanks is, sure. Um, he's he's just very different style wise. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I could see like once he gets that first win,
1: it it, it might it, be a totally different story. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah.
0: It's just it's just a matter of yes, right right place right time, mm-hmm. and um, he just he hasn't quite hasn't quite gotten there yet. Yeah. Um. But then you're right as far as directing too. I do want to see where he goes from here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see his next movie maybe isn't about a musician or right. a musical personality, but maybe is about something... Who cares what it is, but right. something else entirely, yeah. right? No,
1: I mean, I, I think even since A Star Is Born, before I saw Maestro, just, like, I have been very excited to see what he does. Um, and this... And, I mean, all Maestro did was just make me more excited for whatever it for is whatever that comes is next. For whatever the future, yeah, yeah. And especially when you've got people like... I mean, you know, obviously the reasons why they were producing are because they were already working on it. But when you've got people producing your movies like Martin Scorsese and Sp- Steven Spielberg, it's like, you know, like, I, I don't know. That, I just, that, it's it makes it even more exciting, I think. Yeah,
0: I mean, that shows that they see something in him.
1: Exactly, right? yeah. Because
0: they're not going to just put their name on anything. Anything, right? yeah. And, you know, I, I understand, I because for whatever reason I hadn't connected those dots until we were just talking about it a couple minutes ago, but I I. I kind of get why Spielberg would have been involved with it, just because he did do a um, West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Like last was it last year or the year before?
1: Oh God, it was twenty twenty one.
0: Okay, so it was the year before. Or it was the year before. Yeah. So, um, so, so that makes sense that he mm-hmm. would potentially be attached to a project like this, just because there's of already the natural that kind of overlap. Yeah. Right. But Scorsese, that's kind of a different animal. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's entirely possible that you know, he, he'd walked away from the project and they contractually had to keep his name on it. Mm-hmm. But it's also entirely possible that, you know, he liked the direction that it was going and
1: wanted, wanted to, to stay Yeah, involved. so it'll be
0: interesting to do some research on that and find out exactly
1: what the story, you know, was. What the story
0: was. But, yeah, I'm super excited to see where Bradley Cooper's mm-hmm. career is going to go and if he maybe will, will take a
1: chance with his
0: next movie and do, I don't know, a Western or do a war movie or do something. Then he would
1: really be kind of... Because I feel like we've made the connections previously about him being like a a new kind of Clint Eastwood. Yes. And like that, I mean, that would be crazy.
0: Well, and if you think about Clint Eastwood and his directing career, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's all over the place. He directed Westerns. He directed war movies. He directed... Did he, he, direct- directed the, he directed The Bridges of uh, Madison County. I was just going to
1: say, did right? he direct that? Yeah, yeah I thought right? he did, yeah.
0: So, I mean, he is a guy who, at his peak, I mean, Gran Torino, mm-hmm. um, uh, the boxing movie with- Oh, um, God, um, Million Dollar
1: Million Baby. Million Dollar Baby, Trauma. right? The guy could do everything. Yeah.
0: And I would be so thrilled if Bradley Cooper was able to- even do something like
1: that so i will say i did just take a peek at imdb and it's imdb so who knows right like anything can happen there but in production in his upcoming projects for director it's listed as something called is this thing on and it is written and co-starring will arnett
0: oh interesting so maybe comedy. comedy yeah okay
1: so it's bradley cooper and will arnett will arnett wrote
0: yeah and he, look, he was very good in the Hangover movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do remember watching All About Steve, and it's a stupid movie, but he's he's funny in it.
1: Oh, I I love him in the Hangover. He's oh, yeah. so he's funny. Very, he's very funny, and very, good and he's really funny in Silver Linings Playbook too. Yes, yep. That's more of a yep. dramatic movie, but he's so funny in and it. And
0: there are funny moments in Maestro. Yeah, right? I mean, there's some very when he good walks bits in. Humor. What
1: what's the line? He walks in. It's what's the. Th- who abandoned <laughs> Snoopy in the vestibule was so funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, again, he's, I don't want to say he's underappreciated because I, I don't think he is. But I think that, again, he was this, you know, good looking hard body. Yeah. Right. Early in his career. And yeah, just, I think it, I think people are kind of coming around to yeah. just, he's a good filmmaker, right? I mean, beyond just being a good actor, he's really demonstrating that he's, a, he's and again, he wrote it. Mm -hmm. Uh, produced it I'm guessing or co-produced it so um, and directed it I mean he's a filmmaker yeah that's you have to look at him now as a filmmaker totally he's not just an actor he's not just a sex symbol I'm sure he was people's sexiest man alive at some point I think at
1: least twice yeah
0: 2011 okay thank you producer Luke (laughs) good (laughs) to have you back (laughs) Um, but he's he's demonstrating that he's way more than that and has moved has moved far beyond that so yeah Uh, All right. Well, we have certainly given Bradley Cooper his flowers in this uh, segment, um, and deservedly so, Mm -hmm. I think, deservedly so. But there were a heck of a lot of other actors in Maestro who also gave really strong performances. And uh, there's also a lot more to the movie that, to me, made it one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie of the year. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will come back in a minute and talk about some of those things. And we are back with another segment of Gen XVZ movie podcast. Sorry, I forgot who I was for a second. Um, so we just got a f- interesting tidbit from producer Luke a minute ago. Um,
1: so as a producer, so things that Bradley Cooper has um, produced, have a lot of them have made it into the AFI top 10 of that year. So those movies are American Sniper, A Star is Born, Joker, and Maestro. Um. So I mean, he's 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 doing it. He's
0: got an eye for a good movie. Yeah. He's got an eye for a good story, right? And you know, he was producer of Joker. Mm-hmm. One of the producers, one of probably a bunch, but yeah, sure. Um, and he was, you know, Clint Eastwood directed him in American Sniper, but he also got a producer credit on it. Mm-hmm. And that's an outstanding movie. I don't know if you've ever seen. I actually that. have not watched it yet. Oh, that's a, it.
1: Makes me nervous. It, it
0: should. I mean, it's it's um it's got some difficult things, obviously, that happen in it. Um. And the subject matter is is tough, right? I mean, it's it's the it's the Iraq War, yeah. and he's a sniper during the Iraq War, which a lot of people have a lot of hard feelings about. And um, but the movie itself is um, and and that particular because he plays a guy, a real life person,
1: right? Yeah, and his
0: story is pretty tragic. Yeah, and um, but it's definitely. It's it's on. It's on my list. I'm, I'm trying yeah.
1: to work my way through all yeah. of the Best Picture nominees and wins. Sure. Yeah. So I'll get there eventually. Yeah.
0: It's it. Well, you, I mean, it took me four years to get through it at one point when I was doing it. in earnest, right? So it takes a long time. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so that's a good little tidbit again on what a good filmmaker Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper is and what a good eye for a good story he has, and and uh, if the trend continues, I think we'll continue to get some good work out of him as the, in the upcoming years, which is very exciting. Totally. Uh, so the rest, you know, the rest of the cast. I think I really want to talk about Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, of course. So we've seen Kerry Mulligan in a lot of mm-hmm. movies she does some kind of smaller projects some more indie projects right you know
1: what she popped up in actually which does make sense but she's she's got a little bit part in uh, saltburn oh does she really so when I, you watch okay. saltburn right. she's there for a bit
0: okay i'll 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 look for her in that it'll be a, a week or so before i get a chance to see it but i will <laughs> i will take a look at it she, she's an interesting she's an interesting actress mm-hmm. for me i think because t- to look at her she almost has this kind of natural fragility but she always gives very strong performances. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this movie, she kind of has that, right? She has, her her character has this fragility to her, but underneath that fragility, a strength builds, right, over the course of the movie, right? Where... She's kind of starstruck at the beginning by him, Mm -hmm. and knows that he's probably no good for her, right? but comes along for the ride anyway, and helps transform him into a better version of himself, right? I mean, it's the typical, behind every great man is a great woman. Right. I think she definitely lives up to that in this film. And again, there weren't any like big dramatic, emotionally sweeping moments that I can think of in the movie, right? I mean... There, there were times where she could have like lost her shit, mm-hmm. but didn't, which I think is in its own way, a really strong way to perform a Absolutely.
1: scene. Absolutely, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's the, it's the subliminal under the eyes kind of in, in, in her, inner world. Yeah. She is really good at that.
0: Like she, she can, you can see like the judgment. Yeah, right. Like almost everything that she does, like, is there's like this silent judgment going on with with her in this movie. And uh, I I thought, I I just, I really loved her performance. Mm -hmm. And look, I understand it it feels like almost every movie we've seen the last three or four months, like, oh, that woman's going to get, she's going to get nominated. Oh, she's going to have to, oh, she's, she's going to have to win, right? And they can't obviously all win.
1: No, I think it's just um, been a really strong a, year for women,
0: especially. Yeah, I think we've seen some outstanding performances by a lot of women mm-hmm. uh, in the movies this year.
1: Yeah, and again, I think maybe in almost any other year, this might possibly this could yeah. this could maybe have a, a, a chance. But I think you know, if you put her up against, I mean, should she'd be supporting actress? So like. Oh, was it supporting that? i guess it would be supporting it'd be supporting okay. yeah she's uh i
0: thought it was leading she i thought she was billed before bradley
1: cooper that is yeah. true we noticed in the credits she's billed before bradley cooper and i was like her agents are working overtime yeah <laughs> get her to be billed before him in the movie he wrote directed produced it's and started. starred in
0: she, for the golden globe she was up for best actress she was okay, okay
1: so then i was completely wrong so okay fine yeah. so then like you know but up again, against emma stone
0: right and Sandra, um, Sandra Hewler, Hewler for
1: Anatomy of a Fall. Like, yeah. there's just no and, chance.
0: Um, Lily Gladstone.
1: Yeah, it's right? not going to happen.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But
1: I think, but it's just, it just goes to show how strong of a bunch That's we what have I'm saying. this year. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's uh, it's really been a remarkable year for women, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it's always this way. And I just haven't <laughs> been close enough attention. And I just am because of this podcast that we're doing. But. Boy, it really feels like there have just been some powerhouse performances. And a lot of by women that we don't normally
1: hear about, too, yeah. right?
0: Like Lily Gladstone certainly is a newcomer. In and, particular, yeah. Um,
1: well, and then, you know, looking at Best Supporting Actress, we had Divine Joy, Real- Joy Randolph yeah. win. You yeah. know, like that was huge. Kind of
0: out of nowhere, too. Yeah. 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 But then in in Maestro, there were some other supporting actors. Mm-hmm roles that i thought were very
1: good i kind of wanted to touch on matt bomer real quick um because so in the um at the beginning of the film you know leonard bernstein is in a relationship with a man named david who's played by matt bomer and while he's in that relationship he meets felicia who's carrie mulligan's role and who he ends up marrying and there's this one scene where he brings felicia to a rehearsal where david is playing the clarinet in this orchestra and he introduces them and there's a the camera stays on matt bomer for a while while he's like processing that leonard is like introducing him to his girlfriend right this this man that he's been in a romantic relationship with this is the woman he's gonna marry and you can see it in his eyes and he's like you know they're like oh we're gonna like go out for drinks after we know we're kind of springing this on you but we'd love to for you to join us and he's like yeah totally but you can see like the panic in his eyes and it's like just it was so so good just watching just that one like two minute scene yeah i thought was stellar from matt bomer
0: and that's probably speaks well again bradley cooper's direction right yeah. to be able to get that kind of performance yeah out of out of an actor, you know, a lot of times that rests on the director's shoulders. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the actor deserves credit for giving the performance, right? Um, and again, going back to going back to um, Carrie Mulligan, a, a lot of her facial expressions, like I said, like the kind of the judgment that mm-hmm. was behind her eyes. Um, you know, when she catches him kissing the guy, and he's like, he's like, "Oh, darling, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, darling." Right? <laughs> And she just has this kind of, like, how could you yeah. look on her face? Yeah. Like, I know, like, there's a time and a place for everything, and this is not the time or the place, yeah. right? And so, uh,
1: yeah, I... <sighs> or, like, I think, t- too, the, there's a scene where they're at a, um, an orchestra or something, and, and um, they're in box seats, and it's her, Leonard, and then his boyfriend, um, Tommy, played by Gideon Glick, and, you know, he's... Leonard Bernstein sitting in between them and she looks over and they're holding hands yeah. and you can just, oh, that yeah. too. Like, just the look of, like, fuck you. Yeah. yeah.
0: Or it, it should be me. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. That scene was really good well, too. Well, and look, she
0: made compromises, right? right? She had, she had, she knew what she was getting into, yeah. I think. Um, Maybe. Yeah. And there were, but then there were other scenes too where, like, when he's directing the orchestra or conducting the orchestra mm-hmm. and she's watching him.
1: Yeah. She's yeah. so
0: proud. Yeah. And, you know, that's why she put up with it probably, right? right. Because she was a part of something mm-hmm. that was that she knew was as big as it gets as right. far as where he where was.
1: And I think, you know, we were just talking about Anatomy of a Fall and how a lot of that movie is just about how relationships are complicated and relationships are messy. And this kind of feels like the flip side of that where it's still like relationships are complicated and messy and... You know, sometimes they don't turn out the way you want them to, or they don't look like the way you thought they would. But like, this is kind of like the positive, I think. Yes. In, in some ways, in <laughs> yes. that. In,
0: in, instead of. Uh, instead of murder. Instead of potentially potential push, pushing him out, pu- hitting one head and pushing him out of window. She <laughs> <laughs> learned to live with it, right? Yeah. She. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who are, don't know what we're talking about, you can go ahead and check out our Anatomy of a Fall podcast, which probably came out last week. <laughs> um. But yeah, you're right. I mean, she understood going in that this was – she was in a – she was not in a traditional relationship by any stretch, but she was willing to pay the price to be able to maintain it. And I think that that's really where a lot of the drama comes Mm -hmm. from this film. Absolutely. Is watching her pay the price and having this kind of internal conflict with herself to figure out if it's worth it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is a point in the movie where she kind of decides it isn't. And they, she wavers, yeah. They, they, yeah. Do, they do separate for a while and, and all that stuff is like... But still like watching them even come back together, they're like two people who just like... They just they just depend on each they other do. too much. It,
0: yes, they. that's the... Th- they, they can't...
1: They can't really live without each they other. They can't live without each other. And, and
0: yeah, they, they just... They had to figure out a way and they Mm -hmm. did and it's maybe like the most unique one of the most unique love stories i've ever seen you know you don't see a lot of love stories, and you see a lot of love triangles right and you know we're you know obviously we're in a world you know your generation looks looks at things a lot differently than my generation did right and so certain love stories are more palatable than others were. I thought we were talking about
1: love triangles for a second because, like, I was just well, thinking we are talking like, about all, love all of all of my like all of the teen romances for like my oh, generation like are, are, or, are yeah. all love <laughs> triangles, and it drives me up the freaking the wall. The Hunger Games
0: even had a love triangle. <laughs> right? I hate them so much. <laughs> well, this you know, but this movie certainly had a love triangle. Uh, yeah, 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 and and somehow they all ended up okay. Yeah, right. And th- again, that was kind of one of the strong points of the movie for me. Was showing this love story between these two people who probably shouldn't have been in love, yeah. right? I mean, I mean Leonard Bernstein was gay, yeah, but he lived at a time when it was not acceptable at all, so he had to hide it. But in so do in, in having this sort of like relationship, that was like a front, right? Mm-hmm. More than anything, I think they truly loved each other. Yeah,
1: if, if the if the film is to be believed, and I think any biography on him is to be believed, yeah. Um, it seems like, yeah, they, they really did love each other yeah. in, in their own way. In maybe. their own way. Yeah. And I
0: mean, it probably ended up, even though they had children, it probably was more platonic than anything. Maybe, yeah. Although, I mean, again, I don't know a lot about him and really anything that I could tell you about him was would have been what I learned from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it felt like they came to some kind of an understanding, mm-hmm. right? They came to some kind of an arrangement, and agreement. And yeah, I mean, again, spoiler alert, for anybody who doesn't have Wikipedia, you know, she passes away from cancer. Uh, she dies before he does. And he's truly heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And you can see it in Bradley Cooper's performance, right? Yeah. I mean, he's truly heartbroken about it, even though in a weird way it,
1: I, I think it, it it's, reduces it's, it's the complications in his life. Well, it's interesting because by the end you can kind of see, you know, he at the end of the movie, you kind of see him partying in a club in the eighties to a uh, shout by tears for fears um, <laughs> yeah. with a younger guy. Yep. Um, and, you know, so in a sense he's almost been freed because he's no longer married and, you know, he can kind of, it's the eighties. So maybe things are a little more yeah. okay. And so, but also he's clearly lost a part of himself. Well, he when lost his moral compass, right. right?
0: I think that that's really what she was. She was, you know, if, if we want to talk about archetypes, I mean, she was the archetypical mentor mm-hmm. in his life, mm-hmm. right? And, and really, the reason he became what he became was because he had her, right? So, well, that's all fascinating and interesting. I know. I think it really adds. A, and I think that's you know, we were talking about Anatomy of a Fall and how layered that movie was. And I think in a in a maybe a less a bit of a lesser way, this movie certainly is layered mm-hmm. in its own way. And I think that that's one of the other things that I really liked about it.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: All right, cool. We're going to take a quick break and we will be back with one more segment. Stay tuned. And we are back for one more segment of this week's episode of Gen XVZ Movie Podcast. We are talking about Maestro, which I it certainly is one of my favorite movies of the year, might be my absolute favorite movie of the year. Uh I'll think a little bit more about it. We'll get back to you on that. Uh, Maybe when we're talking about the Oscars, then we'll have to really say, okay, what's your favorite movie?
1: I will have my definitive rankings by the time the Oscars get here, is what I'm telling myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that will be probably its own episode. But I was sucked into this movie almost immediately. Yeah. Right? Like, the opening scene of him older, Mm -hmm. giving the interview, and just the the subtlety of how he, he was giving his performance. I was like, oh... We're in for a tree. Yeah,
1: buckled in. And then
0: when they go back in time to whenever it was early fifties or late forties, mm-hmm. whenever he was, you know, living with his group of guys and whatnot. And it was very it stylistically it became a very different kind of a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like it they shot it in a way that looked like it was shot in like the late forties, early fifties. You know, it had that kind of staccato movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was black and white. Yeah. And you know the camera moves and and the aspect ratio. Yeah, yeah, right? like yeah. Everything made it look like it was an old movie. And again, as a film nerd, I was just over the moon over that. Mm-hmm. I, I loved when I I really enjoy it when a movie in a very almost playful way becomes self aware. Yeah, and it really showed me like bar, like the opening of Barbie. Sure, right? yeah, there's, yeah, not yeah, more, totally. there's not a more there's not a more self aware <laughs> opening sequence than that, right? And I think that Maestro, in 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 that way, really paid homage to that st- style of filmmaking that was popular when Leonard Bernstein was coming up through the ranks. And I, think, I oh, yeah. and I was hooked. Right, yeah. right from that point, I was hooked.
1: I, I, yeah, and I think it also it helps too that um, the entirety of the score was just his music. Yes. So it was all West Side Story and On the Town and like other compositions that he did, and so it all like. You know, I'm assuming that I, I haven't looked into this specifically, but it seems like it all kind of happened chronologically. Like we were hearing more on the town earlier in the film. Then we started hearing West Side Story kind of later in the film, you know, like yep. that kind of thing. Yep. So I think that also helped as well. And I thought that was just kind of really smart and special for it to just be his music as the score.
0: I agree. I totally agree. And I, I again, I think that what Bradley Cooper was doing in this was I think he was paying homage to a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the movie was, I don't want to say it was a love letter to Leonard Bernstein, but it certainly paid homage yeah, to
1: him. Yeah, certainly a salute of it some kind. a salute kind. to him, right?
0: And, you know, the family was, I think the family, if not was, if they weren't involved, they were certainly- I think they signed
1: on. Like they were—they were they were co- it, right? They were co-signed on so, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: So when that happens, right, as we found out in like Elvis, yeah, right? some of the maybe more nefarious things that they did might get swept under the rug or glossed mm-hmm. over a little bit. So and again, I don't know much about Leonard Bernstein at all. So I don't know if any of that happened. But it it certainly while also showing his flaws mm-hmm. and peccadillos, if you will, um <laughs> it absolutely cast him in a very positive light. Yeah. Right. But I think that it the 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 style of the storytelling and the style of the filmmaking I think was very playful in a way, and 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 again, as I was saying, Bradley Cooper I think was paying homage to Leonard Bernstein and musical theater and the films that he that mm-hmm. he was involved in, and he knew what he was doing. Yeah, right. He he absolutely came came across uh, in making this movie like he had a plan going in. Right. That this is what he wanted, and then that's exactly what he accomplished.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And I think I also just you know kind of. Real quickly, um, just talking about the cinematography, Yes, I thought there was some really interesting stuff going on with the cinematography the whole time, particularly when it was in black and white. I thought Mm -hmm. there were a lot of really cool dynamic choices. Um, I mean, I forget exactly where it falls in the narrative, but there was a shot that just kind of like is now just glued into my brain. Of you can kind of see it, there's like a shadow of him conducting and her in the way, way background watching, and she's literally standing in a shadow, and I was like, Yes oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Um yeah. and all of the like tracking shots and the, you know
0: A lot of great tracking shots. A lot know, of long takes. The and, scene where yeah. they're
1: sitting at a table and some guy is giving him a hard time about choices he's making about his career, and she's like, We can just leave. Yeah. And yeah. then they run out and like The camera pans down, and then when it flips back up, they're in the theater, and just like that kind of like interesting editing choices. And I just, I loved it. I loved it.
0: Yeah, those are the types of things that like really draw attention, like to the filmmaker, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes they're like gimmicky almost in a way if they're not done properly, right? (laughs) That's the key. That's the caveat.
1: Yeah. And I,
0: and I think that he did all of that in clever enough ways that it's just added to the entertainment value of mm-hmm. the movie, right? I mean, that was really what it comes down to. For me, I found Maestro to be super, super entertaining. Like, it was one of the most entertaining movies that I've seen. Totally. That I saw in 2023. And really one of the more entertaining movies that I've seen for a long time. And especially if, like, so, like, you know, we just watched Anatomy of a Fall, excellent, excellent movie, mm-hmm. entertainment value.
1: It's not one you're going to want to rewatch. Kind of a thing.
0: Right, right, right.
1: For a long time, yeah. at least, right? Yeah. Like, it's not something you're going to be like, I have a hankering to watch Anatomy of a Fall. Exactly. But you might feel a hankering to watch Maestro. I could
0: watch Maestro tomorrow, yeah. you know? So I, I think that that, and again, the the, the filmmaking choices that they made, the, the stylistic editing and the cinematography and the way the cinematography helps tell the story mm-hmm. just all add to that. Entertainment value mm-hmm. that the movie kind of had all by itself, right? Like, I mean, he could have just really focused on the score, on, on on Bernstein's music, and look, a lot of that music is whimsical and fun and entertaining, right? And you would have you would have had that entertainment value all by itself, but instead, they really just pushed all of that stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: and made the whole movie feel like a Bernstein composition.
1: Yeah oh totally and i i think too we were kind of talking about this when we were watching it just there's a bit where he brings his boyfriend and a friend over to like the family home and they like spend the weekend with his whole family right and it causes some tension but like as they're coming in the music is the um first song from west side story the where they're like gonna be like snapping in the (laughs) like you know (laughs) yeah and like You know, it's one of those things where, like, for those of us who know West Side Story, for those of us who like West Side Story, it's like that putting that music there is so clever because they're like you're going into battle in a way. But also for people who don't know West Side Story, the music still works. You can kind of still get the vibe. And that, for one thing, also just kind of shows you how really excellent his music is, but then also is... Just how smart and thoughtful Bradley Cooper was as a filmmaker by putting that song in that place. Without
0: question, yeah, I, I I totally agree. And and look, I'm not the biggest West Side Story fan.
1: And you know what? And that's fine. Yeah, and that's fine. <laughs> right, but it, I, it's I not, love not my that. favorite. I, but I love the music. No, know.
0: No. and I think the, I think the music the music is great. The songs are good. I I was never uh, uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm not a big fan. I wasn't a big fan of the original. Mm-hmm. I was even less of a fan of the remake. Well, we don't need to talk about we that. Don't need to, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't listen, need to get into that. I, 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 that said, I will say that America
1: yeah, love. is
0: one of my favorite musical moments in like any movie ever. Absolutely
1: love like, it. In any movie ever. Yeah.
0: But for for whatever reason, and I love Natalie Wood, and i just, you know, I mean, it's for whatever reason it's just the movie just never really did it for me, other outside of that, outside yeah. of that one scene. Um But that moment that you're talking about and that you know as soon as i heard the da 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 oh my
1: god oh <laughs> genius just so good
0: it was chef's kiss yeah right? there
1: you go exactly <laughs> so smart and there are a
0: lot of classic movie components mm-hmm. to this i mean was there a specific classic movie that you can think of
1: that well i mean here the, the obvious ones i think Are the movies that he You know West Side Story Sure On the town There were a lot of homages To On the town Primarily in the beginning Um, There's a whole dream ballet sequence That's kind of centered on Like that musical yeah. um
0: well and gene kelly was was big into doing the dream the, ballets yeah because well, there's the one in singing in the rain and i think there's one in the girls and
1: there's one in american in paris yeah that was his thing that was his thing um but uh yeah i mean if you liked maestro and you haven't seen those movies you should you see should those see, movies yeah. um yeah. particularly um i'm trying to think of anything else that it can be like compared to
0: i I mean look it's a it's a biopic right Mm -hmm. i mean there have been a a bunch recently really like there have been biopics of rock stars recently yeah bohemian rhapsody and rocket man yeah yeah yeah. um you know it's it's it feels like it's that meets you know something about beethoven or something like it's it's it's
1: it's bohemian rhapsody meets amadeus yeah right yeah
0: (laughs) kind of i mean why not right I, yeah, I would, if you you know what, if you like this movie, see Amadeus.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Because I mean, they were kind of. I mean, they were,
1: they're they're very mean, different movies. They're very different
0: movies. Yeah, but but Amadeus won Best Picture, you and did. Amadeus might be my number one movie of the entire decade of the eighties. I freaking love sure about that? Amadeus. Instead of what Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I mean, we can talk. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there were some great. Look, Am- Amadeus. I was, I was
1: like, that's like. Wow, okay. that's a big statement. I understand. That's That's a, huge. That's a bold statement. Yeah. Um,
0: and maybe maybe I was a little excited there for a minute, but I would <laughs> I would say I would say Amadeus. If it's not the best movie of the eighties, it's top
1: five, top, maybe top three. You say top three? Yeah, maybe
0: even top three. Um, look, the mature me likes it better than
1: well, of than course, those movies, right? Yeah.
0: Um, that's you know, listen. That sounds like another podcast to me. Yeah, there <clears> you go. Right, best movies of the eighties. Yeah, I, I'm. I would say Amadeus would be the classic movie that I would compare. And it, it's it pains me to call Amadeus a classic movie because I was a teenager when it came out, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> thirteen, but still a teenager. Um, and I, I think that again, going back to the homage that it paid to that the golden age era, mm-hmm. like the late '40s, early '50s, when. It looked like it was shot there, and they had the aspect ratio and this very staccato kind of talking. Mm-hmm. Like even the acting, like they were talking, like they were.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You get the transatlantic
1: accents going on a little oh, bit. Man, and yeah, that's like, yeah.
0: <laughs> great, right? So, um, yeah, I would I would say any one of those. And as far as like, oh, go ahead.
1: Well, and I was also going to say like. If, if we're focusing on the, the first half of the movie, when the movie's in black and white, any yeah. of those screwball comedies from yes. that time, particularly like a Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, watch Holiday. His Girl Friday. His Girl or Friday. Or like it's right? very similar to the way Cary Mulligan and um, Bradley Cooper kind of interact. The yes. way they talk to each other feels very like Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, Rosalind Russell, that kind of era yes. of movies. So yeah, Holiday, His Girl Friday, The Philadelphia Story,
0: Bringing a Baby, bringing a
1: baby any of those. Yeah. And it's. Yeah. Kind of that same vibe. Once you get to the second half, then it gets a little more iffy. I'm not totally sure. But yeah, um,
0: yeah. it's well, it gets it once they get into the 70s, it, it feels oh like a 70s movie. When he too. was sitting
1: there in a tracksuit snorting cocaine, I was like, yeah. we are a long we're... way from the beginning.
0: <laughs> yeah. This
1: is something else
0: now. <laughs> yeah, it almost, I mean, it almost, it didn't quite go boogie nights, but it almost, <laughs> it almost, you know, we were heading in that direction. Um, uh, I'm giving this in like a 9.375. I'd say
1: I'm going to give it like an 8.5. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I will restate what I said in the beginning. I am on my knees, begging and pleading. Can we please just do mini series for yeah. these long biopics? Because I think there's so much that we can get into with these people, whether it be Leonard Bernstein or Napoleon, right? Yeah. Like these careers and these lives that were spanned over decades. It's like there's so much context and so much, um, so much more that we can get into yeah. if we are given more time. Yeah,
0: it's just impossible to cram that all into a two, two and a half hour movie. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I, I, did. I was thinking though when I found out that Martin Scorsese was going to do the original version. Yeah, we I was might like, have gotten the four. We hour might have version, gotten a yeah. four-hour cut of Maestro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once upon a time. I
0: know he seems to be unable to make a movie under four hours. Yeah, later, so. seriously. Yep. So. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's our. Those are our thoughts on Maestro. Um. And please uh, rate and subscribe and all that good stuff.
1: Remember to follow us follow- on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this right now. Definitely leave us a review. It'll help us out quite a bit. Um, we want people to hear this. Um, and remember to follow us on Instagram at GenXVZMoviePod. Or no, just GenXVZPod. Sorry. GenXVZPod. GenXVZPod. Yeah. GenXVZpod. And uh, you can follow me on Letterboxd at McKenzieKate.
0: And I'm Brian, SMI71 on Letterboxd. All right. Well, I think that's it for now. And uh, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.